Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Welcome back, everyone. This is The Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead TV podcast. Episode 259. This is Russ. And with me are Rich and Jim. Hello. Hey. So we didn't get anything done over the break. <laughs> hey, I, I have an excuse. This week is uh, coming up this weekend is Living Dead Weekend in, here in Monroeville at the Monroeville Mall. Nice. Uh, a, big, a big old zombie uh, con I'll be going to and uh, hopefully taking some pictures, putting them up on the Facebook group. But I'm uh, totally psyched for that. Cool. Yeah, I think I think just life travel stuff you know Aaron this is like high time for Aaron like he's he's like premiere every day kind of thing going on so it's just been hard to to coordinate schedules to get to get something done um plus i mean we all had that sitcom on fox for about 3 or 4 weeks remember that oh uh, true get, true didn't go as didn't go as we planned but no it did it did not speaking of canceled um, it looks like the Talking Dead. We do have a little bit of news, uh, and then we'll get into the episodes. Uh, so we're going to double up this week. In case you couldn't couldn't tell, we're going to do episodes one and two. Uh, since we missed last week, I was traveling, and then I had a tooth pulled, and it was really oh. tough. Yeah, I had not to get too personal, but I had a tooth pulled, a tooth filled, and a crown, a permanent crown, put on all in the same uh, session last week. After I was gone to Austin for three days, so were you were you asleep? No, no, um, no. It it was uh, no. <laughs> I probably should have been. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to hear that, man. <laughs> yeah. So it. Uh, so the fir- after the fir- that first day after, I couldn't. I couldn't even really talk, or I shouldn't. Shouldn't talk anyway. So that kind of goofed us up last week. Um, but yeah. So it looks like they've canceled the Talking Dead for now. I guess they're going to bring it back for the mid-season finale, and I don't think they've mentioned anything beyond that. So that's kind of interesting. I don't know if maybe part of it was maybe it didn't make as much sense to do it after Nosferatu, and they didn't want to like you know it. Or that two hours it's after the show airs, does it does it a make tired sense to, formula? Because like well. I, this last sure. season, this last season of Walking Dead, Talking Dead, um, I think I maybe watched two full episodes of Talking Dead. The rest of it, I would just find it fast forward to the exclusive scene for the next week, and then that was it. Unless Yvette Nicole Brown was on, because I love listening to her talk. But. Yeah, I, I think part of it too is is it really as relevant two hours after the episode airs and right, you know, they, well, they've got real content to kind of sneak in between. So plus, I mean, they're going to, they need that lead in on Nosferatu because it's sure. new. They're trying yeah. to get new, new watchers in. So if they have that two hour break in between, that's going to like break up their whole, and I think they're kind of, 
in a subtle way, this is almost saying, oh, we understand now The Walking Dead isn't the phenomenon it was when it first started. You know, we don't have the, uh, you know, that kind of ratings. We don't have enough of a fan base that watch it on a regular basis to justify it, really. So. It's just not that interesting anymore. Plus I'm, plus, it, plus, I'm sure they want to dodge all that controversy with Hardwick, you know? I mean, yeah, I think that's kind of in the past now, isn't it? I mean... Well, it came up again recently because they mentioned um, it's a big video game coming out called Borderlands 3, and uh, Chris Hardwick does a voice in that, and uh, it's come again, you know, the whole thing with him and Chloe Dextra has come into the forefront again, so... Hmm. I imagine, too, because I think the cast and is still working to finish up the back half of season five. So maybe part of it too was, well, it's really tough for us to get the actors who are filming in Texas, you know, to come out, uh, you know, to California to shoot this thing when, you know, when they're in the middle of trying to finish it up. And I mean, on the flip side, the shows probably cost almost nothing to produce, right? I mean, you know, whatever studio right. time, whatever they pay Hardwick. Um, you know, right. most, I, I'm sure most of the guests that come on are probably not paid. They usually get to pimp out whatever they're whatever they're working on. So that's it's kind of like promotion for them. So, um, yeah. But I don't yeah. know. Maybe if they went back to the half hour format. I don't know, it's just, like, I loved it when they went to the hour format, because they'd have so much interesting stuff, but now it's like, you know, all right, this is going to happen, then it's going to be the remember thing of who we lost tonight, then then more BS, and then there'll be some package that they roll, and then it'll be, um, you know, the contest questions, trivia questions, I mean, it's the same thing over and over now. And yeah. it used to be interesting. Now it's just like, hey, that was cool, wasn't it? Huh? I, I mean, on the flip, on the plus side for them, though, the hour format probably allows them to do like three times as many commercials as, as the three-minute format. Yeah. So, yeah. so they probably get to squeeze. Because, I mean, that thing is a commercial fest. I mean, there's – I don't know how much oh, – I yeah. think if you if you cut out the BS, there's, there's probably, what, 20, 15 minutes, 20 minutes of actual content on that show, if that, in the, yeah. in the hour block. So. Well, it's like I said, they, they need that lead-in to get in on Nosferatu, yeah. especially for it to fill in, like, the gap space when they don't have actual Walking Dead in Bob yeah. Rousen. And then I imagine after Nosferatu, nobody really cares, right? Like, who who really and, cares to sit and watch? Well, just, I don't want to go down a whole rabbit hole here, but did you guys watch the pilot of Nosferatu? I no, not. but from what I, I hear from Aaron, it doesn't sound that that promising. <laughs> it was, uh, I'm going to give it another episode, but I was not summarily impressed by it in any way. It was very kind of slow, somewhat contrived. Um, yeah. I was I was very disappointed actually. I'm actually kind of getting burned out on vampire stories. Well, this, this is a little. This is more. It's interesting because it's almost like Joe Hill doing a riff on his father's stuff. You know, the evil man seducing children away from the city, from the oh, small wait. town, or whatever. This is Joe Hill. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, same Joe so, Hill, lock and key, Joe Hill. Yep. That's oh. Joe Hill. Yeah. Now I'm interested. <laughs> See, that's what got me interested. But then I saw the pilot. It was just, it was very lackluster. I'm hoping that it picks up as it goes along. I'll, I'll give it another episode, but I don't know if I'm going to stick with it. 
Still wish they'd go back and make a lock and key show. They are. Yeah. They are? Was it Netflix I, or? I oh. thought, isn't Alex Kurtzman producing it? Something like that. It's it's commissioned straight to series. Like they're yeah. yeah this they they did the whoever somebody did a pilot and they picked it up and they're all, and they're like well there's been two pilots there was the the Fox pilot way back when I was going to say I've an, seen I've seen a pilot that yeah, was done that never anything came of right that was and, the one with Miranda Otto I think yeah yeah which we and saw then, I, I remember seeing that with you at, at New York Comic Con I think one year go ahead go ahead I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so, and then they filmed another pilot, and I think they said, I can't remember who it was that picked it up. It was either, it's either Netflix or Amazon. It's it's one or the other. And they picked it up, but they wanted to reshoot the pilot. So they kind of, it's like, once again, they scrapped it. But this time, the pickup is, um, it was like a full series order. It wasn't oh, just like, nice. hey, we're commissioning a pilot. It was, no, we're we're going to do the whole the whole nine yards. I'm good. It's a great, it great book. I love that story. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to... Hulu. It's going to be Hulu. Who also just picked up Letterkenny. So. Good for you, Hulu. Oh, no, it is Netflix. The pilot was shot for for Hulu. They decided to pass. Netflix picked it up to series, and they're not going to use the pilot that was shot for Hulu. That That's what the deal was. Uh-huh. So, yeah, this thing will end up with three pilots before it's said Does done. it? Does what you're looking at have a, a date? No, it's got a uh, it's got a pretty full. It says 2019. So, oh, well, well, this kind of shows like I mean, we we're talking about this on Nothing's On. I think it was this week or last about um, uh, Netflix was planning to pour 50 billion dollars this year into uh, exclusive content for their streaming service. So, I mean, I could see them buying out you know all these different properties and producing all these different shows. Well, they're going to have to. <laughs> they, uh, exactly. They're doing it to combat the Disney Plus and the inevitable uh, Warner Brothers streaming app that's on the way, too. So, Yeah, I mean, this, the, you know, the whole Netflix thing will be like a like a like a bell curve, right? Like they'll they'll ramp up and spend a boatload of money to build up that that big arsenal. And then once they feel like they've got enough, then they'll kind of it'll taper back down again. Uh, but they need to. They need to ramp it up. So if everybody decides, hey, we're taking all our stuff away, we're not, we're not going to let you show it. They've still got enough of a con. That's why you, I mean, not to get too far down because we need to get to the show, but there's there's a lot of foreign content that that's foreign to the United States, not and that, not oh, obviously not foreign if you're. If dude, you're outside some of the Korean shows that have been yeah. on there are fantastic. Yeah. Um, re- so they're, they're I re- really I leveraging. I recommend the uh, Japanese show God of Cooking. That show is awesome. But yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. There's there, there's you know different a lot of like French stuff, a lot of South American stuff, a lot of Korean uh, stuff, a lot of Japanese stuff. Um, yeah, I mean they're they're yeah they're going whole hog. So it'd be interesting I, to see when that I don't remember out. the name of it. There's this German. It was compared to Stranger Things, but it's nothing like Stranger Things. But this uh, where the sky could go through these tunnels and at different points in time. Dark, dark, dark. I'm looking for. Has another season come up for that yet? Because it's about to. Yeah, because Netflix, you keep putting out stuff like that. <laughs> season two of Dark, I think, is in uh, end of June, mid July. I'll look it up, but it's definitely coming out soon. I just but saw a trailer I, for it. I still have so much stuff to catch up on. I I, I live nothing but work anymore. So because like hey, I um, started. I'm sorry. 
Sorry to interrupt, uh, um, but if you guys look over there, there's a train. Where? And a, and a track. I see, maybe that, we can no, get... the one I, I see. I can, I can barely track. see it, Jim. I can barely follow see me. it. Follow me. Just follow me. Follow okay. my light. Follow my flashlight. Right, there's Sorry, the track. it's like you said earlier, Jim. It's uh, We haven't been able to nerd out for a while. <laughs> That's true. That's true. No, it's just, you know, yeah. we, have, we have two episodes to get through. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Yep. All right. Season five, episode one, here to help. Um so I, I I love uh the recap from from last season and and uh like the Morgan voiceover. Um it just had this real like I kept expecting at the very end of that like if you're in trouble and you can find them and you need help, maybe you can call <laughs> the A team. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was so uh, expecting to hear that music and, and just this cheesy open with all the cast. Uh because it just had this real vibe, like we're superheroes now. Uh, we're just going to help people, you know, randomly as we as we journey and come along. Uh, I so was, was really kind of disappointed with this after what they had last season, but at least, yeah, we'll get to it. But yeah, um, so it opens with two brothers. They're out hunting. The older brother's trying to teach the un- younger brother uh, how to how to shoot, and. Uh, you know, just as they they shoot the a deer, they can walk up on the deer, and then a bunch of walkers come up, and uh, his gun, of course, is jammed. Uh, the rifle's jammed, and they're kind of in a bad spot. And all of a sudden, what's that? Oh, a plane crashes uh, randomly. And the, at first, I was like, "What the hell are they doing on a plane? Like, what? Like, who thought that was a?" I, I thought through the whole episode. It's like. Like okay, so now she could fly a plane. Like, have they established the can, fact that Al can fly a plane? Did I miss can I, something? Can I, can I back up just for a minute, if you don't mind? I, and by by the way, I totally agree with what you just said. Yeah, because Al is just like, oh, okay, she can drive a battle truck and now fly a plane. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, they're very much She's alike, like, Jim. <laughs> all right, I remember in this in this um, sequence, these kids call the uh, zombies growlers. Yes. Can we please stop? With the alternate names for zombies. Please. <laughs> there's walkers, there's screamers, there's freaks, there's growlers, there's, you know. That stop. doesn't, that doesn't bother me. That doesn't bother me because these are different areas of geography and people are going to come up with their own terms. So that doesn't bother me so much. It's though that if they there not, are a group about, adopts that name, then. I just don't, I mean, I'm not even talking just about this show. I'm talking Uh-oh. about in, in zombie lore in general, you know? Please, just stop, okay? We have plenty of names for these guys. Just call them zombies. It's, it's easy. We all know but what that is. in the case of The Walking Dead... I know. Yes, I know. <laughs> but we have enough names for them, is what I'm saying. <laughs> just stick with Agreed. walkers, you know? Thank you. I'll get off my soapbox now. That's all right. But yeah, the whole plane thing just totally mystified me. I'm like, what? Like, huh? And, and, and the fact that it crashed on the first flight out, it's like, oh, the engine died. I'm like, mm, something tells me it, it was more the fact that you don't know how to fly a plane than it was the engine that, quote, died. Uh, I don't know. The whole thing just seems strange to me. It's like, why would they be going around in a plane? Why not? Like, why not just keep going on the road? Like, I, I don't know. The, the whole thing just seemed very strange well, to me. I, I don't y- quite get you're it. asking the wrong question. Probably. 
the question is, why in the hell, after everything that they've experienced in this undead world, are they just going to randomly volunteer to go help strangers, especially when it has never turned out well for them? Why, I mean, that, why are that, you doing that? That part didn't really bother me that much just because that's kind of their M.O. now. Like, Morgan's made a point of saying, this is who we are. We're, we're going to continue this, you know, take what you need, leave what you don't, you know, that kind of attitude. And that's we're, fine, but to sit here and risk life and live... Now, if somebody reaches out and you find somebody, that's different. But to sit here and just faceless voices over a radio and be like, oh yeah, we're going to risk our lives within a rickety plane that we have no idea how to fly. I mean, it just, none of it makes sense to me. Yeah, like I said, the the whole plane thing to me was just a little weird. And of course, uh, Lucy gets stabbed through the shoulder with a you know piece of the debris and everybody everything's kind of all over the place. Somehow this thing burst into flames and fell into pieces, but you know, Everybody well, is is intact. And I um, wish she would have died or somebody because you don't have a small plane crash like that with that many people and somebody uh, isn't either seriously wounded, which she was, but I don't know. With the way where that thing was stabbed through her and stuff, I'm like, how in the hell did she live? I don't know. All I know is Alicia came off that came off that plane, grabbed a propeller looking like Cloud Strife, and went to town on some zombies. Mm-hmm. There were some good action scenes in this exactly. episode, the few that we had, but... Yeah. It, it, it's one of those, like, once I got past the fact that it, the, of the idiocy of the airplane, like, I thought it... I thought it did a good job of building tension. I thought the action sequences were good. I thought I thought all that stuff was was actually pretty well done. It's just the premise of how they got there that kind of like, I, and again, I guess you just got to kind of put it out of your head. But but I thought it was pretty cool, man. She picked up that that big old prop. And uh, as we were kind of talking before this E three week, so watching this uh, and and all this buzz on the Final Fantasy seven remake, like I just see her picking up this huge uh, <laughs> propeller, and that's just the first thing I thought of. I was like, oh, cloud cloud strife. Um. Uh, yeah, I really. Um, I'm actually as much as the, the as a, as a head scratcher as the airplane thing was. Um, I do like the radiation thing. I mean, this is about the time. Too. Yes, yep. This yes. is about the time Alicia notices that sign saying they're in a radiation area, and it, it adds like a whole new layer of danger to the to the walkers because now are they not only you know out to eat your brains, they're also radioactive. Yeah. Yeah. That and story of, thread really, re- I really did like that, but that was about all about this episode I liked. So. Yeah. And, and that and part of it is, is, is it real? Is it legit? Or is somebody setting this up to just keep people away? Like, you know, so there's there's that whole part of it as well. So, I mean, obviously we get to the, to the uh, to, we get into the next episode, we kind of get more, more to the story kind of thing, but it was kind of cool to see like, Oh, well maybe it's not legit. Like maybe there's no radiation. Maybe they're just, you know, somebody set up a zone to keep people out of. Cause it's like, well, what if, you know, it, it's, do, do we, with all the risks that people take, it's like, is that, is that one worth taking? Like, um, you know, to, to wander in. And I have to say, uh, um, Chernobyl chick, I really liked her character. Like she, that's how you introduce a character. Like, I mean, I immediately, what did you, wait, what, whoa, what'd you call her? 
the Chernobyl chick. Yeah, the <laughs> the radioactive lady. Grace. Anyway, character's yeah. name is Grace. Yeah. I I mean I really really liked the way they did with her character. I mean I felt the stakes and the emotion that she's gone through and everything else. And I, I don't know. It's just a lot of times on this fear show, they introduce characters in such a weird way and it just feels shoehorned in and odd. And they didn't really have that last season. And then this season, so that it just speaks more, even though this episode should not have been a season opener episode. I really, really enjoyed that introduction of that character and was actually kind of sad when she didn't want to go with them. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Al tries to get strand on the radio since they're, they're needing to get away and mentions, you know, if I, Hey, find the tape named Skidmark, and, uh-huh. uh, you'd be able to get another plane and, you know, hopefully, uh, you'll be able to come rescue us because apparently Strand was apparently there was some drama that happened that we don't know about that who knows if we'll ever know about where Strand was the one that should have been flying the plane and not Al um, but obviously something happened to um, uh, to derail that so um, so Strand is back there with with the rest of the crew with with Wendell with Sarah. Um, and and the rest of them and and Charlie and, and so so we you know obviously we cut to that um, and then and then just as things are getting really bad for for the the main crew the boys their sister shows up in a in a in a van and come kind of comes to their rescue is able to kind of scoop them all up take them take them away and they kind of say oh we're you know this is what we are this is who we you know this is what we do this is who we are you know they give them the whole spiel. Um, and they they come across and th- th- this is the part of the show that 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 makes me nuts and it's not just this show uh, it's the main show and it's not even just these two shows it's it's this type of storytelling in general which gets me it's like oh there's this looming threat and even though I'm going to ask you and keep asking you you're, you're going to be tell me. Real, you're gonna be really really vague <laughs> yeah <laughs> or it's like say things like you'll see or. You have no idea where you are, do you? Or other yeah. vague things that really mean nothing. Yeah, it's I like totally. How many times in life, when you ask somebody a pointed question about something, do they purposely give you vague answers? Or if they do, do you any, not just any like, congressional get... hearing you see on TV? Yeah, but well, <laughs> in 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 the real world, it's 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 like you know when when I was in the fire department, if you roll up and like on an accident scene or a fire, it's, it's like what's going on? It's like. Well, you'll see how bad this one is. It's like, like no, they're going to tell you what's going on. Um, it's just that kind of storytelling just makes me nuts because it's just like just just spit it out already. Um, but they go on and they come across this crazy uh, barrier in the road where it's it's uh, it's this, this line strung across. There's walkers that are tied to their it looks like with their own guts. There's a bunch of severed. Uh, walker heads that are still alive with the teeth chattering hanging from the trees. Um, I love that. Which nice, is pretty nice, cool. Nice visual. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, but they're trying to find this person named Logan. Uh, that's that's who. Snickety snickety snack. Yeah. Um, played by uh, Max Headroom's own Matt Frewer. Yay, Matt Frewer. Yeah. 
I mean, he's also the Star Trek Next Generation zone. Matt Fur. Sure. Oh, no, no. Um, no love for Barkley, huh? No, that, was, that wasn't that was Fur. That was, uh, Barkley was, uh. Oh, you're uh, right. You're right. Oh, man. Speaking of the A team, it was yes. Holly Mad Murdoch. It was Holly Mad Murdoch, you're right. I'm, my mistake. Uh, I'm shamed in the public. <laughs> it's okay, Jim. We're old now. We can forget things and mix them up. That's why we have Google now. So we yeah, don't right. Stuff, right. So, of course, we find out that this whole thing has been a ruse, that this Logan person has been leading them away. To, so this is where it's weird. It's like, oh, I was leading you to the furthest point I could possibly get you to so that we can come back and reclaim what's ours. And it's like, did you really have to direct them somewhere they'd have to get on a plane in order to do that? Like, I would think, okay, if you send somebody even 100 or 200 miles away, that's not too far to drive but far enough from a round trip perspective that you could do what it is you want to do and have plenty of time anyway. Um, but but yeah, so it turns out that uh, Logan, so the, the cool part about that whole thing is, so it's been the CNL trucking. That's, that's who um, uh, Wendell and, uh, and Sarah, they, they, that's who's trucking it. You know, it's, it's, it's CNL trucking and that, and they were doing the whole box thing and everything else. Well, he's the L in CNL. Logan is, and so him and his crew are out to reclaim what's rightfully theirs, which is basically a warehouse full of of goods, uh, and not let this you know uh, you know Morgan's crew come in and just redistribute this stuff willy nilly around the world, trying to quote make it a better place. Um, and so they're able to, and this is where I, th- I think they play around with time a little bit because basically Logan's people. Um, they've taken. It sounds like they've taken uh, Wendell and and Sarah. Like because the, the, they show up back at the after a run, I presume, and and they come across Logan and his people. And meanwhile, Strand is able to get away. Well, they don't really take them. They basically just say, "Hey, we put a bunch of random crap out here that's pretty much useless. And if you want any of this stuff, you could take it, but pretty much take it and go." Um, we've taken back over the warehouse. Um, and so Strand finds the tape called Skidmark, looks at it, and of course he sees Daniel Salazar. Yay! Who, yeah, who we haven't seen since season three? Yeah. The end of season, season three. three, yeah. Yeah, he only, and he was gone for most of that even. Like he, he disappeared, well, we thought he was dead, what, season two? And then yeah. he was gone for a good part of that, and then showed up a little bit in season three, and we haven't seen him since. So. Uh, I I like they kind of even tongue in cheek say, "Oh, small world!" Like, how did you find me? And he's like, "Oh, the the journalist." And um, you know, again, given where they last saw him and where they're seeing him now, the amount of distance and time that's been covered, um, it, it's it's kind of interesting. But yeah. but again, they've kind of they've kind of set the stage for that with with Al and her tapes and her going around trying to collect all these stories and everything. Um, and so so. Uh, Strand is is on a mission to go see Daniel, um, and we find out uh, who who Skidmark is, which I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, uh, the, the, actually, I guess we find that out at the beginning of the next episode. But um, but Al, uh, you know, part of the when they when they have their big um, 
fight at, at the plane, one of the walkers that comes up to her has like this armor and a helmet on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of strikes something in Al. So when she gets back, she pulls out the camera and starts looking at it. And she, she saw somebody that, that had uh, that, that get up before. Like she, she's like, there's something, there's something more to this. So well, she there's, actually goes, well, there's like uh, three circles linked together. Right. And then the letter CRM. Yeah, it almost looked like a biohazard symbol, kind of, sort of. It's also, and I'm sure you were going to come to this, the same symbol that was on the helicopter that took Rick away at the end of that of the Rick Grimes. Oh, okay. Thing. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even think about that. Oh no, well, I didn't either. But it's been all over the internet showing that there's that they're trying to link it somehow. And I'm like, well, I don't know. It could just be a coincidence. Who knows? Or but, I mean, C could stand for Commonwealth. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about the little kind of radioactive-looking symbol thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Al thinks there's more to the story here, um, and everybody thinks, of course, she's crazy. She goes back. It's pouring rain. She comes across the the impaled zombie with the gear, uh, with the, with the getup on, and pulls the helmet out, starts filming him. Now, was it me, or did it look like that suit he was wearing was, like, wired? Uh because it was like part of it was ripped open and it looked like there was some wire sticking out of it. And if you look at the design of the of the the armor on it, it looks like it had like coils or something across it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it maybe it it's clear. a cybernetic zombie sent back from the future to prevent um, Al from ending the zombie apocalypse. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Um, seems, but anyway, she finds she finds a bunch fishy of to me. Yeah, it's a little stretch. Uh, she finds a bunch of paperwork, including what looks like some kind of like cipher key or something. It's it's a bunch of um, a plastic sheets that uh, that look like they, you know, they're used for different parts of a map or they're used to to decode something or something like that. And she's going through all of that and trying to figure it all out. And of course, somebody comes up to her and whacks her on the head and and takes her away and. That is where we leave episode one. Here to help. Here to help. Yeah, I mean, how many times in this episode are they like, you know, you go around helping people? Not, uh, uh, you know, people don't go around helping people they don't know, and, uh, you know, good luck with that. And just like over and over with those kids. Yeah. Um, crazy. These kids today, I tell you. Yeah. All right. Um, but I mean, overall, I thought this episode was fine. I, I, again, I think there's, there's some logical things I think I had issue with, but, um, I, I liked, again, I like the tension building. I like the, the story that it, they're starting with this again. Um, it's almost like there's the, I'm really curious to find out what's, you know, really going, you know, when we get more involved with this whole radiation thing and everything. So, um, but we will save our busters, our Tobies, rather, not our busters, our Tobies, uh, until the end. So we're going to talk about episode two, uh, and then we'll re, and then we'll we'll go over Toby ratings for all for both episodes since we're doubling up this week. But first, um, but first, yes, I think we should have a, a word from our wonderful sponsor. What do you think? Absolutely. DCBService.com. discount comic book service. Or as you may know them, DCBService.com, as I just mentioned. My friends, if you, like me, 
enjoy geeky things. You should enjoy it like zombies and sci-fi and fantasy, comic books, and toys, games, all kinds of fun stuff like that. Uh, go to DCBService.com and check out their wide variety of said stuff. If you are wanting to catch up on The Walking Dead and the comics and the graphic novels, now that uh, you know the the show is on break, you can do that very cheaply. You can 20 30 40 sometimes 50% off of cover prices. That's cheaper than Amazon, and it's an actual like brick-and-mortar uh, mom-and-pop uh, business that you will have no problem uh, uh, doing business with. They do a great job. Everything is, is packed very neatly. In, in good order and good condition, Russ, our, our own resident Russ uh, collector, very, very uh, serious about the condition of his uh, stuff, can attest to how, how good of a job they do um, on packing and sealing your stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now, I mean, uh, right now they have a fresh start bundle from uh, Marvel Comics. Both bundles are 50% off. It's a good jumping-on point for the Marvel characters you saw in the game, I'm sure. It's pretty much everybody on the planet did. Uh, also, Marvel Comics 1000 is on the way. Uh, cornucopia of comic-y goodness from uh, decades of talent of writers and uh, and artists. So that's coming out. That's, it's also 50% off at DCB Service. Uh, do you want to watch uh, DC Heroes Become Zombies? You like zombies, right? Of course. Why would you be listening to the show if you didn't? Uh, Deceased is the series for you. Um, all your greatest DC heroes are now ravenous zombies, hungry for brains. Um, the, issue, the new issue of that has just come out. That's 40% off, only 3 bucks. So, again, the prices are great. You can spend hours and hours and hours looking at all the stuff on their website or... Um, or you can go and get the uh, pre- the previous catalog, and they have everything that's in there every month. Um, I prefer the website, though. Yeah, one recommendation I want to make: um, they have it's fifty percent off if you if you pre order it um, in this month's it's the, in this month's previews. Um, it's the Absolute New Frontier fifteenth anniversary edition mm-hmm. hardcover. Already in my order. Yeah, it's. Uh, so this is the second version of the Absolute uh, New Frontier. I have the first version. I, I got it when it came out. Um, but the cool thing is this new version adds in uh, the Justice League New Frontier Special, number one they did some years later, um, and also uh, Darwin Cook's story Triangulation from Solo number five, um, which were not in the original. I have often said, uh, and I have to keep amending it because time passes and I have yet to come across something that wows me as much as New Frontier. But um, as it's the 15th anniversary of New Frontier, I will say I think New Frontier is the best thing ever put into comic form in the last 15 years. Um, mm. it, it, is, it is extraordinary, in my opinion. Uh, just the story uh, that was told, the art... Um, this this packaging is fantastic. It it puts in all of the there's cool extras, interviews with 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 Darwin Cook. Um, you get all the like the promotional items, the toys, and everything else. There's all kinds of photos and everything of, of that stuff in the back matter material. Uh, it's it's pretty it's a pretty decent package. Um, and and like I said, if you pre order, it's it's half off. So I I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, if you uh, just scout out the site, dcbservice.com, and check out all the great deals they have. Um, 
again, there's stuff going off and on special all the time. Uh, it always changes, and it's always a great deal. Uh, DCBService.com has been proudly sponsoring our show for a low these many years, and uh, we thank them for their support, and we believe in them, and that's why they're our sponsor. Okay, so the next episode is called The Hurt to Happen. Um, it begins with Strand videotaping a message to tell everybody he had gone in search of Skidmark, which turned out to be not Daniel, but the name of his cat. And there's a moment there where, you know, Daniel makes Strand pretty much plead for his life. <laughs> Daniel then ushers him into a hangar full of vehicles that he inherited, uh, quote-unquote. I, I, I do like the fact that uh, Daniel doesn't believe that Strand is there to get this plane for anything other than selfish reasons because right I, I don't blame him I, it, because for certain from his perspective the last time he met Strand Strand was extremely selfish and out for Strand I think as viewers we're still like jury's still out on Strand to some degree I think sometimes we think he's being altruistic and then there's other times where you're like yeah this dude's gonna bail the minute he can uh, and we've we've kind of seen examples of both. Uh, where he's he's a very conflicted character, whether he's into his own self preservation or not. So I thought that was a cool. Uh, I, I thought that was very uh, appropriate that Daniel would would be skeptical. I also like the part where they're like, you know, um, you know, Daniel's friends needed his plane. Oh, like Madison or Nick yeah. or. Yeah. <laughs> but Alicia's still alive. Alicia, hey, we got Alicia, and that's where the strand called. Um, when he calls out Strand's BS, you know, he says, you, you want the plane for you and no one else. Right. Um, the back, of the, back of the crash site, Morgan, John, and Alicia can't find Al or the walker that, they t- that uh, she had met, you know, told them about it, that she was following up on. And all the weapons and ammo that should have been the wreckage were gone. Um... Meanwhile, back at the truck stop, Lucy can't feel the fingers of one hand. She makes a joke about playing the accordion. Because she's high AF. Yes, as the kids say, she is. She is lit. <laughs> oh! Um, John shows up. Uh, John returns, and he has, like, a notebook of polar bears and a copy of Little Prince that had been through all that stuff. And, um... Morgan and Alicia find uh, they're still looking for Al, and they find their path blocked by radiation signs, and then a, uh, a vehicle, and the engine is still warm. And it turns out this vehicle belongs to Grace, who had worked at a pressure water reactor like about 13 miles to the north, and its cooling system had failed, and they killed a lot of employees who tried to uh, hide there during uh, after the, the apocalypse. Um, Grace is in a hazmat suit, and she's trying to get rid of all the radioactive walkers so they don't contaminate the world. Yep, you know what probably didn't kill people years into the zombie apocalypse? Windmills, just saying. But then they wouldn't have any wind. Oh, okay. So, have you ever um, seen those videos of those windmills when they fly apart? Man. No. I haven't. Crazy stuff. I've also seen the, the picture or videos of those windmills hitting birds. The birds yeah. just fly right into them. Anyway, um, she uh, she tries to tell uh, 
she doesn't get to tell any of the uh, the stuff to Morgan and Lish until after they'd already stuck a radioactive walker. So that she's like, oh, I'll have to contaminate both of you and confiscate skate Morgan's stick. Dun, dun, dun. Not my stick, dude. <laughs> I've had this stick so many seasons. End of an era. Uh, anyway, uh, the Walker blockade that Morgan and Lish had found in the season premiere that had not been Grace. Somebody else. Uh, John and June happened upon a camp cackleberry sign and hoped that maybe the kids had gone back there. So they're on the run looking for them. Uh, when they poke around the camp, the only people, that, the residents are, are there are walkers. Um, uh, that's at the camp. And meanwhile, Morgan, Alicia, and Grace, they fight zombies at the crash site. Grace yelled at Alicia for risking her life to take down what could have been an extra lethal radioactive walker, but uh, she did it anyway, even though. Um, and then Grace tries to explain how, you know, why she's doing what she's doing. She says, you know, she couldn't take care of them then, but she can take care of them now, you know, by helping, you know, the, not to spread the radiation everywhere. So, again, I like this kind of twist to the story, you know what I mean? Yes. It's a little different. It keeps things a little fresher. I mean, you've got the Whisperers, who are a very different kind of villain on the main show. And then you have this, which is like, oh, I mean, first they went through with the environmental stuff, like that whole hurricane thing, trying to react to that, right? Now here's something we haven't had to deal before, with before in the Walking Dead universe. The, the fallout, radiation, you know, a whole different level of danger. Um See, I, I, I really, that's probably the thing I like so, of the of the season the most so far. Um, and and it gets, I, I like the fact that, because it's, again, it's a different type of adversary is probably not the right word, but, but a different, you know, you can only tell so many stories where, you know, you, you have to either worry about crazy humans or a boatload of walkers or like, like we've seen with, with. I like the fact that they're adding kind of environment to it. You know, we haven't really seen that with the main show, but with this show, we've seen you know extreme weather, right. um, you know tornadoes, you know hurricanes, that kind of thing, and now we're seeing you know nuclear disaster uh, playing into it. So I, I like the fact that they're you know th- these things would be things that you have to contend with when you don't have you know weather stations and you know early warning systems and uh people you know monitoring very dangerous uh <laughs> you know things that that uh you know we take for granted uh you know g- given that the world is kind of humming along so well plus it's exacerbated by the fact they all tried to find shelter there you know what i mean all those people yes. tried to and you know yeah let's put a giant crowd there Kill them all with radiation poisoning. <laughs> yes, and set them out in the zombie universe. Yay! <laughs> so and it's kind of timely, you know. That HBO just did that Chernobyl miniseries. Right. So again, like a lot of this is kind of on my brain. So scary stuff. Yes. Uh, back at Daniel and Skidmark's place, uh, Strand tries to reach people on the radio but fails, and you know, Daniel's like, "Oh, maybe you know your story's not you know." What you say it is, um, Strand says, I'm not the same man I was in Mexico. And Daniel says, yeah, you have a new haircut. <laughs> <laughs> um, eventually, Lucy reaches Strand on the radio, and the two of them were, were able to play Who's Missing, etc. before the wind knocks out the long-range antenna outside the truck stop. Um, 
she uh, foolishly attracted some walkers by testing her one-handed aim on a few of the undead. Um, Daniel realizes the strand is telling the truth and it leads him to uh, helping. Uh, he says, our friends need help, but not from you. <laughs> um, no one knows it better than I do that you only hurt people when you try to help them. And then he uh, fires two shots in the air and he warns him, if you come back, the next one will be in your face. So, drawing a hard line there on Strand. Apparently. By the way, how do you guys like John and June together as a couple? I I like them, but I don't. I there hasn't been as much with them yet this season. Like last season, I loved that whole arc with their story and everything. So right, right. They're just kind of put put together. I dig it because you know they kind of we've seen some growth there, right? Like in the first season, there was like okay, they were to you know the flashback was them together for a while, then they were apart, and then when they came back together, there was kind of this tension and and her you know purposely wanting to try and distance herself, and then she comes to the realization that no, she really you know she really does care for him, uh, and he never stopped caring for her. So I kind of like uh, I kind of like their story so far, and now that they're together, I think uh, I think we'll you know, now get into what their relationship truly is as opposed to, you know, because, I mean, last season we weren't completely convinced that he wasn't crazy and just making up, you know, the fact that he he uh, he was involved with this woman or right. or his, at least maybe his side of what their relationship was maybe wasn't wasn't completely true. Um, so I like the fact that now we're, get, we're getting to explore that uh, some more. No doubt. Uh, back at the camp, uh, Alicia admits to Morgan that Grace was right. She wanted to take down more walkers. Uh, she says, every walker I kill, that's one less dangerous thing out there. Um, they talk with Grace for a while, and they said after they retrieve down the kids, maybe Grace could join them. But unfortunately, she said that doesn't. it's not going to work, because after the accident of the plant, she'd gone back in. And although she'd been careful... Well, she didn't know how much longer she had left, and she didn't want to put anyone else at risk. So she herself was dying from radiation poisoning. Um, she was going to try. That's why she wanted to get rid of the bodies before she finally died. And um, they get back to the truck stop. June wakes up Lucy. who's surprised to see the walkers who were coming her way now have their heads hanging from a billboard. The journal consensus... Uh, was that whoever kept making the walker head ornaments was trying to scare them, perhaps, June guessed, because they were getting close to something. But what? I think the whole reason was a merchandising opportunity from AMC so that they can partner with Hallmark to have special decorations for Christmas that are zombie heads. <laughs> nothing, says, nothing says the festive holiday season like a zombie head. Yeah. Will it have the chattering teeth, though? Oh, of course. Yeah. you got to wind it up. That'd be cool. Maybe I get one like uh, one of those bicycle girls for the front lawn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, gentlemen, Toby ratings, episode one, episode two. Rich, you're on the spot. Go. I am on the spot. Too late. Bl- Ralph. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, the episode one. It, I didn't dislike it, but there just wasn't a whole lot about it I liked except for the story with the reactor and 
all of that stuff. Um, of course, we don't get a lot more answers until the second episode. I don't know. The first episode, it just felt like when it was over with, I was like, okay. So I'd say I'd probably give it two, maybe two and a half Tobys right down the middle. Um, this episode, I really liked, like, especially the stuff between Strand and Daniel. I mean, that was just all gold. Um, I, I really felt like this episode probably felt more like the season opener than last week's episode. So I'd give this one 3.75 Tobies. Wow. Getting granular with it. Mm. Ross. Uh, I'll give them both three and a half. I, I thought they were fine episodes. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I had my, my issues with, with each of them. Uh, the, the plane thing really just to me was the biggest head scratcher. Uh, I think if it wasn't for that, I think the first episode would have easily been a four, but I, I think they're fine. I, I like, again, I think this show continues to be pretty solid. Uh, and I think it's finding its footing. I think it's got a nice mix of characters, uh, a nice diverse set of characters that uh, that don't feel very cookie cutter. Uh, you know, I think in the in the first couple of seasons, I think you know some of those characters just felt like the typical archetypes of a motley crew of people you're putting together to, to throw on an adventure. Um, and I think, yeah. Um, I think I think now I, th- I I like the the diversity of of, of the characters uh, uh, that that we're that we're getting to to kind of move forward with. So I'm 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 interested to see where things go, uh, and I think it's it's been a good start. I will give the first episode a three. You know, there's this thing called in media's res where you start the story in the middle of the story, right, and then you work around that. And it could be done right, and it could be done poorly, or it could be done kind of half-assedly, where you're not really even trying to do it, but it seems like what you're trying to do. And that's what this was, <laughs> beginning to me. It just seemed like, you know, what? Huh? With the plane? What? No! I became, I became Mark Wahlberg talking to animals in my living room. <laughs> what? No! No! That's not right! Um. So, other than that, that confusion, I thought it was pretty decent. I did like the I like how Alicia's becoming a real like badass, really coming into her own. Kind yeah. of, she's kind of like the Carol of the group, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, I think she's definitely a character that has grown the most in a in a positive way. Like to me, she was one of the characters in the beginning where I'm just like I, I like every, every scene with her in it was just like torture, and now I'm I'm really, yeah, I I definitely like where they're where they're going with her. So I give that a three, and then I give the second episode a three point five. Because I really like the story of Grace and what was going on with her and this whole, like, um, folding into the uh, the story of the, the idea of the radiation and them having to deal with that on top of everything else. I think it's a really good uh, twist uh, to put into the storyline. So I'll give that one a three and a half. Agreed. But who cares what I think, dude? I guess I nobody. care. No, you don't. Some, pe- some people care. People people care. Do? Do they? Uh we have an awesome Facebook group. It's called the Walking Dead TV Podcast Facebook group, and uh, we'd love to have you. Just look at, look us up in the search thing under the Walking Dead TV Podcast, and we would uh, love to have you join us uh, in our group. We have memes. We have uh, links to uh, reviews of, of shows that we do. We have uh, all news that we find that we throw up, and most pointedly, we uh, have our 
Toby's during Fear of the Walking Dead and our Buster's during the actual Walking Dead, where you, the listener at home or in your car or wherever you listen to us, tell us what you thought of the most recent episode of Fear the Walking Dead. No exception. Uh, let's see. We're going to start off with Brent Jones. One Z, 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 Z out of five. The idea that they are determined to help others in this scenario while being completely unsuccessful doesn't make any sense. Uh, I can't believe that any of the original group of this show would be willing to continue after what they've been through, and now they're just randomly flying planes with no training? Hmm. Jeremy Irvin, three, I'll have to rewatch when I'm not out of town, basically on a tiny hotel TV out of five. Didn't hate it, didn't love it. Basically, I am meh. Oh, fun fact, though. This cute kid is Major Dodson's little brother. Already oh. one thousand per, only already one thousand percent a better character than his brother was. <laughs> uh, old was her face crying, whiny, cookie addicted son. <laughs> you can see the picture in our Facebook group. Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington on the Marathon Trail three point five worst Christmas tree decorations out of five. Glad to see Fear back. Last season was brilliant, and I have high hopes for this season. Agree with DeRay, the season opener was neither rubbish nor brilliant, but still enjoyable nevertheless. Uh, Johnny Starr says, welcome back, group. Welcome back, Johnny. I'll give three didn't The Walking Dead season two ever teach people about shooting deer in the woods out of five for the half an episode I watched. Okay, so three plus three, I guess, if you had the halves together, it'd be, he gives it a six. So he really liked it. Opinder Sangha, after the weekend I've had, I came back to the UK to watch Fear and was less than impressed after a strong season four. I felt confused. Maybe that was the excessive alcohol and joy on my face because LFC won it six times. Is that a soccer thing? Liverpool football club. Uh, Didn't really care. And two, let's talk about six, baby, out of five. Sorry for the random football references. And uh, Tammy Heisley gave it one Toby. Okay, let's move on to uh, the, the second episode. Uh, let's see, Kevin Barry. Uh, four throwback to the clear episodes out of five. I will be brief, but I enjoyed the episode and the direction the season is going. To Ray Irvin writes, and again, four bird covered walkers out of five. I, <laughs> actually, I really enjoyed this episode. Glad to see Daniel, and I look forward to seeing what goes down in the next few episodes. Uh, Mike Glicksman, two out of five. I had high hopes for this season after the big improvements of last season. Unfortunately, just contrived storylines about radioactive zombies and characters behaving as stupidly as ever. I was excited for the return of Daniel, but Blada's acting was pretty awful. Oh, really? Hmm. What? The bird crapping on the walkers is pretty clever, though. Uh, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, once again. Four Last of Us Zombies out of five. Ah. Really enjoyed this episode tonight. An improvement on the season premiere. Good to see Daniel back in the show. And love the name of the cat, Skidmark. Yeah. Uh, loving the bird muckstained walkers. A novel way to attract the dead. Also, rest in peace, Morgan Staff. Although I think we will see it again. <laughs> By the way, I just finished watching the series Chernobyl. It got me thinking how good a series would be about radioactive zombies. Tonight we had an episode just about that. So I have high hopes for this season. And Tammy Heisley wrote back three Tobies. Definitely more interesting than last week. 
So please, we always want to hear what you have to say. Join the group. Every week we'll put up a post, and you guys write in uh, what you think about the episode, and we will read it on the air on our little podcast show we have here. Or and if again, you don't use Facebook, you can email us as well. WDTV at HHWLOD.com. So. So. Where can the uh, people find you guys on the interwebs? Probably on, at work. <laughs> uh I'm on all the socials at chubtoad01, and um, occasionally I'm recording podcasts. <laughs> this one and DC TV podcast. Right. How about how about you, Mister Russell? Oh, same same place. You can find me here, and you can find me over at the Taylor Network of podcasts on Gotham by Geeks uh, with our co-host Daryl Taylor, which is a lot of fun. Where we talk about a lot of cool Batman stuff, uh, which is always fun. Batman, who's that? Saul Batman. Saul Batman, attorney at law. And I, too, am on a show on the Taylor Network podcast called Nothing's On, where we uh, talk about the week in media and TV and movies and a little bit of video game stuff creeping in there this week because of E3. Uh, there was a lot to talk about there. Uh, so check that out on the TaylorNetworkPodcast.com and OldMagicGaming.com. We're about to relaunch the site, I think, in about a week uh, with our new YouTube uh, channel and our podcast schedule and um, all kinds of other fun goodies on there. So oldbashedgaming.com, check us out in the next uh, week or so, and we'll be, uh, we'll be back online. Excelente. When there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, don't be anywhere near a nuclear power plant that's ran by Homer Simpson. Oh, I forgot to Or a nuclear power plant. Yeah, or nuclear, which is, I think, the word you meant to say. <laughs> Sorry, I, I pronounce it like George Bush. I was going to say, did you go to the George Bush School of uh, Nuclear Pronunciation? That doesn't, that doesn't sound like a, a sound strategy. 